eager to get out here. <laughs> I told Pastor Fenske backstage, I said, I don't want to go out there too soon, but I also don't want to be uh, everybody waiting for whoever's going to come out here next. So good morning to you. That's how we usually say it, isn't it? That's our greeting. It's another greeting that, that's more formal, uh, but the, the way we start um, most of our sermons, but it's, it's a greeting from St. Paul in the scriptures. And so I'm going to start with that greeting as well. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dr. Ressler read the scripture readings for today, and we're going to get to those in a little bit. Um, uh, but I, I want to use a, a different verse at the very beginning of our message today as kind of a springboard into the message, and that's one of my favorite uh, verses from the Psalms. It's from Psalm 122, verse 1, where the psalmist says, and maybe this is familiar to you, and, and if it is, uh, feel free to join in. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. All right, you know what now, let's say it together. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, the reason that I'm preaching um, today, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Mark Brandt. I retired, it was exactly a year ago this weekend that I uh, last preached on a, on a Sunday morning at, at St. Lawrence. And the reason that I'm back is uh, this is the, the final weekend for Dr. Scott Hislop and, and his wife, Dora. And I worked quite closely with um, Scott for, for 20 years. And so I'm honored that he um, asked if if I could preach on this occasion, and, and I'm grateful to Pastor Brad for extending the invitation for me to do so. When I uh, talked with uh, Dr. Hislop a little bit about this message, he had one request, and that was, he said, do not mention my name one time. <laughs> well, I've already said it twice, so... So obviously, I'm not going to be able to uh, completely fulfill that request, but I'm going to do my best to, uh, uh, to grant that request the rest of the sermon until the end of the sermon. I might mess up a little bit, but um, I I'm telling you that because I'm not going to mention him much during the message, not because I can't think of anything nice to say about him, because I could. There's all kinds of good things to say about him, but because as he correctly was getting at this sermon is not to be about the one whose name we cannot mention. It is and will be about the one whose name is above all names. But I'm going to use the, uh, the occasion of our director of parish music's leaving and the occasion of the uh, the Sunday on the liturgical calendar is the baptism of our Lord, and, and you heard that especially in the Gospel of Luke. We'll tie those lessons together for you, I think, in, in just a minute. But I, but I want to, to use all of that, including Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, to focus on a topic that I know is near and dear to our departing director of parish music as it is to all of your pastors and, and I'm sure also to all of you, and, and that subject is worship. We're going to do that in the context today of the Epiphany season, which we entered this past week, and also the scripture lessons for today. 
And uh, worship, well, that's what the wise men, that's what happened on Epiphany. That's what the wise men did when they got to, to Bethlehem. They, they fell down and, and worshiped Jesus. That's also our privilege. It's, it's, it's our duty. And it is our appropriate response to that great love of the Savior for us and for all people. That's why we also are glad to hear the invitation, let us go to the house of the Lord as we gather here to worship the Lord. You see the title of, of the message, Worship the Lord With, and the dot, 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 that ellipsis means that you need to, to complete that sentence. And since every good sermon and not a few not so good sermons have three main points, we're going to finish that sentence with three different words today. Worship the Lord with gladness, with singing, and with service. So worship the Lord with gladness. We do that because he gladly and willingly came to this earth as a, as a holy infant on Christmas and then went to the cross as a condemned sinner on Good Friday. And each of today's scripture readings tells us a little bit about what that means for us. So in, in the Old Testament lesson, Isaiah, written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus, and yet is looking forward to the birth of the Messiah. And there's, there's twice in, in the Old Testament reading for today where two words, there are different words on the screen than Dr. Ressler read, but that really just jumped out at me as I was preparing this message because Isaiah wrote to people in perilous times then but he also wrote for people who are living in perilous times right now. And the two words that, that he used twice in that passage and other times in his prophecy are fear not. He said, fear not, speaking on behalf of the Lord, or the Lord really speaking through Isaiah, fear not for I have redeemed you. No matter what, he says, we know what's going to happen ultimately because we've been redeemed. No matter what happens here, we're going to be with the Lord in heaven. But before then, and this is the second thing that Isaiah says, before we are with him forever because of his redemption, the second thing Isaiah says, the Lord says through Isaiah is, fear not for I am with you right now and always. Just a couple of weeks ago that we were uh, celebrating what the angels said to the shepherds, and, and you remember what, they, what the angel said first of all, when the, the shepherds are trembling in fear, and, and, and what words does the angel use? Fear not, because the angel had come to announce that the Lord was going to be with his people in a mysterious and, and miraculous way, physically and bodily. So the angel said, fear not. For I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. And in the um, epistle lesson today, St. Paul talks about baptism. The Sunday is, is identified as the baptism of our Lord, but it's also such a great opportunity for us to remember our own baptism. 
And so St. Paul tells us what that means, that, that baptism connects us to Jesus. That the redemption that Jesus won for us is given to us through faith, and, and for those of us who were baptized as infants, that faith was given to us in baptism. And Paul says, here's the way that works out in our lives right now. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. If we have been united like him in a, in a death like his, or united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And then the gospel reading today St. Luke really just tells us what happened after, right immediately after Jesus was baptized as, as he's coming out of the Jordan River and as he's praying, the, the spirit descends upon him and, and the voice from heaven says, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The father was pleased with his son because of, of his son's obedience and, and love which prompted him to, to be born as a holy infant on Christmas. And and to go to the cross as a condemned sinner on Good Friday, a condemned sinner. Condemned not for any sin that he had committed because he had committed none, but condemned for our sin so that sin could be forgiven and washed away. So that at our baptism, and, and we never hear it, but it's there, I'm sure, and maybe we just need to listen a little more closely when we see a an infant being baptized or an adult being baptized and, and maybe we remember our own baptism and listen very carefully the voice of our Heavenly Father saying to the one being baptized saying to all who have been baptized you are my beloved son you are my beloved daughter with you I am well pleased of course we worship him with gladness we also worship him with singing you may be familiar with the quote from Martin Luther that, that next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. And we've been experiencing that again in, in this worship service, haven't we? And just as an aside, I've had the opportunity these last months to, to preach at a number of uh, Lutheran churches in the area. And I've enjoyed that. I love going to other places. I love preaching. And I love worshiping with others. And it's always great worship, but you know what? There's no better place to worship than right here at St. Lawrence. And, I, you know, I, I, uh, I knew that, but sometimes you know, maybe I took it for granted since I was here all the time and, and not comparing to anybody else, but just to saying what a privilege and a blessing we have in this congregation to be able to worship here, to be able to worship over at the church. What I'd like to do now is to um, take a, 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 a few lessons from music. I don't claim at all uh, to be an expert in music, but uh, the occasion kind of uh, led me in this direction anyway to, to try to draw some connections between music and the Christian life. So I've got four uh, for you. The, the first one is you don't have to be an expert in music to participate. If you've got notes in front of you, you can tell if the notes go up and down, right? or you can follow the voices that are leading the singing. In the same way, you don't have to be an expert in the Bible to know the main message, the central message of the Scriptures. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But then again, the more someone studies music, 
the, the more familiar they become with the theory and all of those things, the, the more they appreciate it. That's what I'm told. I'm no musician. The more they appreciate it and, and the better they can participate in it. Well, the more we study God's Word and, and learn from His Word, the better we know His love, appreciate it, and can follow his leading in our lives. Um, several weeks, I guess it was probably about a month ago, we had the Connect uh, Christmas celebration. And uh, as, as oftentimes is the case, my wife and I were able to be a part of the Connect Choir. That's so much fun uh, to do. But uh, actually it was while I was uh, at one of the rehearsals for the choir that I thought of some of these things, uh, connecting music to the Christian life. One of those is when you sing in a choir, it makes a difference who's singing next to you because their voice is going to influence you for, for better or for worse. I always try to get next to a really strong singer because I, I sing, I think I do anyway, sing a lot better, couldn't sing any worse, sing a lot better if I've got somebody who's good at it singing in my ear. Well, in our walk with the Lord, we need to think about who's singing in our ear whom we are allowing to, to influence us, whose example we might be following. And, and at the same time, to think about what kind of example we might set for others. Going along with that idea of a choir, you know, in a choir, there's always at least four parts. There's sopranos, altos, tenors, and basses. And, and singing on their own, they sound good, okay, but when you put them all together, the music that they produce is, is so much greater than the sum of the individual parts. Well, God has put us all together in this congregation, in the Christian church, in the world. And he's given each of us different abilities and, and talents and passions and gifts. And when we put those all together, what a joyful noise we're able to make out in the world for the Lord. We had a great director at our, uh, for our um, Christmas uh, Connect concert. I learned a lot from him, Bobby. Is Bobby here today? Well, then I can talk all about, all about him. Um, but like any good, good director, I learned a lot just in the, the little bit that... Uh, that I was here practicing. I learned about encouraging others. That's what a good director does. They encourage us. They know when we make a mistake. They know our weaknesses. Um, but they help us to get past them. And maybe one of the best things that a good director does is to push us to do things that we otherwise would think we never could have done. Some of the music when we first get it, and I know this is the case that the, the choirs over at the church, when the, a, a new piece of music is in, in front of us, we're never going to get this. But through patience and practice and persistence, we learn that piece. And people are blessed because of it. Well, as Christians, we have the greatest director in the world, the capital D, Jesus. 
And he knows our weaknesses and loves us anyway and forgives us. And, and he pushes us a little, maybe a lot sometimes, to do things that for him that we never would have thought of on our own or that we never would, would think that it's possible for us to do. Which leads us to the third part of the third word, that we worship the Lord with service. That's one of the things that doesn't come naturally for individuals, but, but that our director, our Lord, shows us how to do and, and, and pushes us to do, to, to think beyond ourselves, our own needs, our own wants, and to pay attention to the needs of others, to serve them. You know, at his baptism, Jesus was set apart for service. And if this was a typical baptism of our Lord's Sunday with those lessons, we would talk more about the fact that Jesus was the Messiah, which means anointed one, which means set apart, and that he was set apart for service. We also would talk more about the fact that at our baptisms, we are set apart for worship. I mean, sorry, for, uh, uh, for service as well. To, to, to realize that both what God has done for us in baptism and what he has planned for us through baptism. That, that in baptism, we not only become a part of God's family, we also are called into Christ's ministry. And that, once again, is what this weekend is all about, is about ministry. Now, each one of us has received that call to serve the Lord, to minister to others in his name. But today we're recognizing, um, well, actually, they just kind of represent, I would say, our whole ministry team here at St. Lawrence. But we're, we're recognizing uh, Dr. Hislop and, and, Miss, and Mrs. Hislop. So I want to think about our teachers uh, for a few minutes with you now because they know how to serve. And they do it so well. And I'm, and I'm thinking especially now of, uh, of, well, it doesn't matter what grade they're in. Adora taught in the, the, the very little kids. Some of you probably have kids that she taught just this year or last year or grandkids that, that she's taught over the years. And you know how, how she poured her heart into that and how, how she loved those kids in Jesus and taught them about Jesus, which is what all the teachers uh, at St. Lawrence do. Not all of the teachers probably um, have love demonstrated to them from their students the way the teachers in the early uh, childhood department do because little kids, they love to hear about Jesus and they love to love their teachers. So any of our teachers or any professional church worker would tell you that, that the blessing that we receive from that work is, is greater than any blessing we, we feel as if we give. For teachers, especially in the early childhood department, though, there's, um, there's some challenges that, that go along with the blessings, the, the feeling, uh, excuse me, <coughs> feeling the love. There's a lot of physical exercise involved. They're up and down and up and down in the classroom. They're, they're chasing the kids, sometimes in the classroom, sometimes in the hallway, sometimes in the gym, sometimes on the playground. They're stooping down to, to tie their shoes. These are all examples of service. The ministry of, of Mrs. Hislop, of our entire school team, and, and really of each one of us, 
is a very real form of worship, even though it takes place outside the, the context of a worship and event center of a, of a service that happens here. So let's go back to the, where we began with that psalm verse. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And let's, let's realize that, that we can be glad also when we're leaving the house of the Lord. Not because the worship is over, it isn't. It is never over. It just changes locations and focus. Our worship doesn't happen only here, so it does not end when we leave here. We continue our worship every day of our time on this earth and for all eternity when we're, with, when we're in heaven. So today we, uh, we take a special note of, of thanking God for, for the ministry of Doris and, and, or Dora, sorry, and Dr. Hislop and, and all the ways that they have, have helped us to worship the Lord with gladness and with singing and with service. And we pray his richest blessings on them as they begin their new ministry in Texas. Amen.